This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Hello, hello. It's Mr. Adam Max. You listen to the Pursuit Podcast on the Auto Collective. I want to get right into this episode. It's so good. I say this with all of them. This is Celeste Pomerant's first podcast ever. She skis on Black Crows. She's a mountain biker. She's a model. You might recognize her from Wavy 2 with Nikolai that just came out. I'm really excited to get like my first, the first podcast with her because she crushed it. She's such a professional. She's extremely educated. We had such a fun conversation and Celeste will be a household name before you know it. So Celeste, thank you for your time. Thank you for trusting me in this podcasting process. And if you haven't watched Wavy 2, go watch it because it's as much ski porn as it is a lesson of life. I think that's all I have to say. I mean, it's just such a great project, and we talk about it. So if you haven't watched Wavy 2, go watch that. Celeste is an all-star in it, and I just hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. So I'm going to get right into it. Here it is. Okay, Celeste, <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> Who is Celeste Pomerantz to Celeste Pomerantz? Um... I would say um, a student, first and foremost, when I introduce myself to anyone, I say I'm a student because I'm perpetually in school, but I balance it um, quite equally with sport, I'd say. Mountain biking and skiing have kind of been a huge part of my life since before I can even remember. I was raised on the North Shore, which is just north of Vancouver. And um, yeah, that's I'd say that's me. Definitely a big balance of both. If you had to pick skiing, mountain biking, or your education, and you could never do the other two again, which would you pick? I actually cannot answer that question because that's probably one of the most asked questions, especially would you pick mountain biking or skiing? And I just cannot answer that question. I don't think I prefer one or the other. Maybe skiing, but I feel like I'd just fall apart in like 10 years what about the education because i you describe yourself as like a student first and foremost yeah yeah um i i could take i could i could leave the education side um when i say student i mean more kind of just nerd i consume a lot of social media i mean not social media um science fiction um and yeah I'd say I'd say more a student as in a nerd. I'm always consuming science facts. Like if you're out on a road trip with me, I'll just be spewing facts about nature and science fiction and technology and stuff. So um, it's not so much school. I, I, I could I could leave the education behind. It's more just a student of about life. Of life, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say. I, you're going for your master's in renewable energy. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a master's in, I call it alternative energy um, because I'm pro nuclear and that's technically not a renewable. Um, and I'm focusing mostly on energy storage in off-grid communities in Canada. I'll have you know, this podcast is fully powered by solar energy right now. Oh, that's cool. It is and kind what of, kind of energy storage do you have? Uh, I have 300 <laughs> amp hours of AMG batteries is all nice. I can really fit in the van comfortably. Yeah. Nuclear is fusion is like crazy, right? Can we talk about this for a second? This is why I love podcasts because <laughs> I don't care that we can go anywhere. 
But like that's coming, right? That's a thing. Um, I hope so. They haven't really gotten that far. I think this year there was a couple breakthroughs, but um, yeah, it just doesn't have as much support as I would hope it would. Uh, the word nuclear likes to scare a lot of people off. So, yeah, I mean, rightfully so, right? Obviously, I I don't know if people know, but if nuclear is handled properly, it's pretty safe. Yeah, but like then that's, we have that's one hundred percent true. That, and like, almost every incident has been human error and not so much um, the, the problem of the technology itself. Not even error, just negligence from what yeah. the little, the little knowledge. So I was a certified rad tech back in my, in my youth uh, on the environmental side. So I did like nuclear site cleanups and like, oh, old, cool. um, so I don't have a ton of knowledge in it, but enough to know, like mm-hmm. it's pretty, if it's, if done properly, it should be safe. And this nuclear fusion thing, I feel like, I mean, I have no idea if we have an earth in a hundred years, like cars are just going to be like infinite. Like they're just going to run off this. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we'll have fusion vehicles. I feel like it'll just be whatever stored energy we have from said fusion. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I, study fusion I have no idea. No one's anymore, but <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have cars running off of that. I have, but I have zero. Why would I know anything about that? Yeah. Um, let's go back a little. Normally I don't go back too, too far, but you're, this is your first podcast. So people don't know. I feel like you just came out of nowhere and maybe you don't feel like that. Cause you've probably been busting your ass this whole time, but like you're in wavy too now, which we will talk about, but like now everyone knows your name. Is that true? I don't think I think true. so. I think I think you are blowing up very quickly and maybe I'm wrong, but like that movie is gonna be like a stepping point stone or like not a stepping stone, like a turning point in your career that you're like, holy shit, that's when things changed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. But you grew up ski racing? You were a racer, I did. right? Yep. Um raced from seven to seventeen. Um, yeah, mostly on the local mountains here. And then by the time you get to Fis, you're, you have to race for Whistler and quit right after right at the end of high school there. <laughs> I kind of hated being in spandex and then discovered backcountry skiing. That's why you quit. quit? It was the spandex? No, the, I mean, financially it, it's, it's a tough thing to stay, a sport to stay in. And it was either that or school. So went for school and discovered backcountry skiing i went to the university of calgary so the rockies are right there and kind of fell into the right crowd which is great i also spent a year in norway um because my mom is norwegian so i was uh, living there for a year and skiing probably four times a week and really fell in love with with being in the backcountry and definitely never looked back at at racing other than being thankful for kind of the skills it gave so were you one of those racers that like on a powder day, you guys were like, you're like slipping the course and like mad that it's snowing? <laughs> yeah, yes. That blows Definitely. my mind. Yeah. Especially at Whistler too. It's not like the East coast. We don't have ice there. So often we were slipping the course of snow. Yeah. You're just like mad that it's like nuclear. out, Like it's snowing. Always. Yeah. And you're just there in your spandex. <laughs> and then at 18 or when, it, like, so we're just going to say 18 is when you started skiing backcountry just for storyline. Yeah. I think that's close. Yeah. But like, are you just like, oh, wow, I'm, 
I'm an idiot. Like, what do I do? Like, this is so much fun and so much easier. Not easier, but like skiing powder every day is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is great. It was it was a whole new challenge, though, just kind of learning how to ski powder properly um, rather than trying to take like full on racer turns in it. <laughs> and then getting used to the wider skis was a thing. I remember that. Um, but I mean, the Rockies doesn't get as much snow as we do on the West Coast. So it was kind of a good transition. When you switched, was this like, were you thinking this could be a potential career move? Absolutely not. That was that all of this is a surprise <laughs> it consistently and continues to be a surprise. Yeah. I I'm, was not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to get the, it's funny when you, when I have a guest like you who like you're in this full feature film, but like you don't have this giant resume this giant background that i know of that's like public mm-hmm. right like some guests yeah. i have they have a wikipedia i'm like sweet like i can i know everything <laughs> i know all of your secrets like great and i don't yeah. mean it as a bad thing it's just like it's i'm just trying to like get you know the the backstory of how this how this comes to life so totally. what do you have ski sponsors when you're racing or you're just racing on a local level Um, I, when I quit, I was about to make the, not the, quite the BC team, like the development team. So I wasn't really at the sponsorship level yet, um, which is fine, but I didn't actually start getting support for skiing, um, after I quit, uh, ski racing until probably two and a half years ago. Um, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to date you, but where, where are we on age now? If I'm 27. You, okay. So it's been 10 years since I quit ski racing. Okay. Yeah. So skiing was just, and still is, has always been like fun. It was never um, a career until like the last year. Is that good or bad? It's good because I'm still having fun. <laughs> I haven't taken, I mean, obviously you can, in the movie, I mean, we'll talk about it, but I'm quite hard on myself, but I think that just comes from ski racing. And I think I was equally hard on myself even pre-support um it just adds a bit of pressure but um i definitely haven't felt like it's hindered my love of skiing at all do you think i don't want to go too deep here but like is this a parents thing like the pressure to be successful like it sounds like you have again i'm just looking at like the glass you know i'm looking in and it's like okay you're highly educated in continuing that you are rip on a mountain bike. You're a ripping skier. Where does, does this pressure only come from like self or is like you're playing softball at age three and your dad's on the sidelines? Like, <laughs> like, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about my parents, my dad was the one that introduced me to mountain biking and skiing. Um, he was the one that was a huge advocate for it and definitely really wanted my sisters and I all to be heavily involved in the outdoor world, but whether or not he didn't, I don't really think he cared whether or not that was at a high level. Um, as for my education, I wouldn't be doing a master's if I hadn't been able to get it. Like I couldn't get a job. So that's why I did my master's. I don't actually like being in school and just doing it so that I can get a job hopefully one day. Okay. So I'm really, I'm starting <laughs> yeah. to like, this is, I like this cause I'm starting to like figure out 
Like you love the education, but like you don't want to be in school. You're just a nerd on like the greatest level of like you want to learn forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, starting to piece it together. What is your dream job? Like mm-hmm. college wise, like yeah, obviously everyone's dream job is I want to be a pro skier. I want to make millions of dollars, <laughs> like having fun every day. Great, but like corporate world we'll call it corporate mm. what is your dream job also i'm not texting i just have a ton of notes on my phone so oh yeah. that is totally fine <laughs> um I, oh see I this think, is a bullshit I question was, too that's okay i think growing up like i think it was my dad I, I think it was my dad somebody told me growing up that they'd never see me at a desk job and i think i just took that to heart um because i don't necessarily really want a permanent desk job i i like this whole movement of working from home and being able to kind of build your own schedule um so when it comes to what i'm doing in school i'd like to focus on decarbonizing like industry or um federations or um, businesses and being more like a consultant because that's something that you can do on the road and pretty much schedule yourself more or less and you don't have to nine to five every day type of situation um but I'm also happy to keep doing what I'm doing with sport too. I, I kind of, again, just want to keep balancing it forever because it's been pretty fun so far. Do you ever think you'll have to choose? Um, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get off this. And I sure hope that. not because I actually have people I look up to that do both. And if they can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, and I think... You know, I think there's other avenues too. Like as your athletic, we'll call it clout grows, you can turn that into an advocacy. So you're still doing what you Mm -hmm. love for those things, but maybe that's not your quote unquote nine to five because your nine to five is being an athlete. I don't know. I don't, I I do have to Mm -hmm. ask, what is a research scholar for World Dance Sport Federation? (laughs) Um... Well, through UBC, there's this thing called sustainability scholars, and I guess different businesses and industries can um, approach UBC and be like, we'll pay very minimal to have a (laughs) research scholar kind of do this piece of work for us, um, due by March type of thing. So I'm basically helping the World Dance Sport Federation with um, some of their sustainability policies. World Dance Sport Federation sounds like something from Zoolander. I know. <laughs> like, is that a real um, thing? Well, I don't is. think is that it's, a U.S. thing governing, too, or no? No, they're, they're in the international governing body of all dance-related uh, um, activities and competitions. I, I and they're going and they're going to the Olympics. It's like think figure skating, but without ice. I guess. <laughs> I get it. I guess I just didn't like. They're like the fists of dance. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean, I guess that exists. Why wouldn't it? But yeah. What a crazy world. Not in a bad I didn't, thing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know it existed until I was just trying to get something to do on the side and it popped up as one of the options for the sustainability scholars thing. And I don't have to work more than like 10, 15 hours a week. So pretty nice. Yeah. It sounds like a great balance. Who wants to mm-hmm. work? Yeah. And I think they like that I'm already an athlete. So I think that's part of the reason why I got the job. Do you put that on your resume? Uh, Yeah, actually, now I can. (laughs) So that's good. (laughs) I've always kind of wanted to. At Um, what point are you like, I can do that? Like when you get your first check for skiing? 
Like, is that what um, you could put on your resume or no? I think so. But I've also heard, and this is not the case for me at all, but I've also heard that you can once you can make a living off of it, but that's absolutely not the case for me. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I wanted mean, to put it there. Cause it, you know, it's, it's kind of nice. But it's also it's, your resume. It defi- like it's yeah. not defined. It's part you, of who but I like am. It's, this is important, and these are things mm-hmm. that matter to me. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm, send me your resume later. I will judge it. <laughs> Just check my LinkedIn. I think I updated it recently. I did check. You're gonna have to. You're gonna look now if you look at it because LinkedIn's super creepy and it like tells you who looked at your profile. Mm-hmm. But again, I was trying to get dirt on you, and I was like, "Oh, what is this world breakdance fighting?" I mean, you saw that I worked federation. at a golf, like a bunch of different golf courses for years, and I don't golf. <laughs> I yeah, but I feel like there. that's everyone's like. Everyone worked at yeah. a golf course at like some point in their life somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk wavy two. For okay. anyone who hasn't watched it, go watch wavy first and then watch wavy two they're totally different but they they like neatly play off each other um i loved wavy one I, the first one i know you had nothing to do with it but like i don't know who that snowboarder is but that guy absolutely ripped so i love that so oh much. yeah 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 but, but nikolai's a psychopath and puts out like five full-length films a year by himself Yep, it's crazy to see the dedication there with that. Um, I got a glimpse of that on the boat too. Yeah. So how? Okay. So how does this happen? You, I assume, you sign with Black Crows when? I think this is important to the timeline. Oh, <clears throat> uh, they started supporting me about almost almost two years ago, maybe a year and a half now. And then I think I signed with them last year for the first time. And then you get a phone call, you meet, (laughs) like how, how do you get the call? Um, Is there an application process? Sorry? Is there an application process? Like for, for, like for the wavy project? (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm just saying like how, I don't want to say why you, because that sounds like <laughs> shitty, you know, but like, why you? Like, how did you get? I I asked Nikolai a couple times, why me? Um, and I don't know, I guess it's because I was newer to the team and I showed interested interest in backcountry and like steeper skiing um, and seemed like I could hold my own, I hope. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I basically just got an email from one of the marketing guys at Black Crows being like, we're going to, I mean, are you interested in this? First of all, second of all, I'm just going to loop you into this conversation with Nikolai. Do you want to go to Svalbard? And I was like, is this real? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> like, yes. Was there any hesitation? None. Not even for a moment. Any regrets now, should you have hesitated? <laughs> no. I think saying yes, I've always said maybe yes to a fault to too many things, but this was one of those things that I'm very excited and, and still quite proud of, about. As you, as you should be. Don't, I hope I don't ever come off as like, I'm just kind of throwing daggers to like, I want to he- oh, no. feel your state That's of mind okay. at that point. <laughs> yeah. um, it's time to interrupt this episode with a woodchuck 
Hard Cider Break. Woodchuck Hard Cider, the brand that started the American cider revolution right here in Middlebury, Vermont. They've been crafting America's original hard cider since 1991. They didn't really know the revolution that they were starting, but they started it and they're continuing to do it since 91. The cider's now old enough to drink, I think. I'm not so good at math. Head on over to woodchuck.com. Here's my favorite thing about Woodchuck Cider. You can buy it online. They'll ship it to you. They have a variety pack, so you don't have to, like, take too many risks if you're not sure what you want to try, what you want to drink. They've got a sangria. they got a Prosecco. Granny Smith Apple. Bubbly Rosé. They've got it all. They've got a Berry Snap Brunch Box. They've got Pumpkin. Head over to woodchuck.com. You can buy it right online. They'll ship it to your door, depending on which state you live in. I mean, they're shipping New Hampshire, New York, Tennessee, Wyoming, Arkansas, Arizona, Colorado, Florida. Those are state laws. They're shipping all over. Go on the website, North Carolina, North Dakota, Maryland. Come on, I can keep naming these because they ship them all over the world, all over the U.S. Head on over to woodchuck.com. Get yourself some woodchuck hard cider. My second sponsor this week, I'm absolutely loving working with this company. I love working with all these companies, but this one I feel every day because I'm skiing on them. Fishersports.com. I am absolutely loving this Ranger 102. But you know what's really blown my mind? And I I have to admit I was wrong. I talked a little trash in this boot last year. Uh, the Transalp Pro. I cannot believe how well this boot tours and skis. I know, if you guys follow me, you might know, I did trash talk it a little bit. I admit my faults, and this is an ad read, so I'm not here to trash talk it tonight, but like, it changed my life. This boot fits my foot. I didn't have to, I heated the liners. That's it. I swear on my entire life, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to make more room in the toe. I didn't have to punch anything. I didn't, nothing. This Transel Pro tours as well as it skis. Super simple design, super lightweight. And I, I, I like cannot say enough about it. And I like put my head between my tail or my tail between my legs, whatever you want to say, because I was wrong. And this boot absolutely rips. And if you don't believe me, get a pair for yourself. And like, I'm not going to guarantee them, but I will guarantee you that you love that boot. It's the Adam X guarantee. You will love that Fisher Trans out. And if you're not in a skiing uphill and walking uphill like everybody else, Go look at the Ranger series. Sure, you can use them uphill. They're light. They're quick. They're agile and supple. But I'm loving this Ranger 102. I've got the 108s, but I don't have any snow, so I'm just waiting to really use them. I've used them. I've skied them on some on some groomers. They're great, but really hoping to get those on some fresh snow. Head on over to fishersports.com and check out all of the wonderful things they have to offer. Send me a DM, ask me questions. I'll show you pictures. I'll show you my setup, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Again, fishersports.com. What is the time frame from you saying yes to you being on a boat? Uh, These are all ishes. I think maybe four, four or five months. I think, yeah, something like that. It must have been... December or January when I heard about the idea of it and then we were on the boat in May 
any sailing experience? A little. <laughs> okay. Actually, yeah, this is something I wish they'd put in the movie. Um, as a child, um, I was placed in a week-long summer camp where you go sailing um, on like the tiny little like bathtub-sized boats. And for whatever reason, I was absolutely petrified. Like I was crying. I had to go home early. Like my sisters, like they're both younger than me. They were both way braver than I was. I like hated the whole experience and like couldn't make it through the week at all. And like basically never set foot on a sailboat again after that. <laughs> so that was like my last experience. with. But I knew that sailing on a bigger boat was different. And I'm obviously like, I think I was eight years old. Like I'm 20 years older now so yeah a lot has I would changed hope that i'd be better but i have struggled with um seasickness kind of my whole life as well as motion sickness so i was looking forward to seeing how that was going to be as well as conquering that fear of sailing because i'm not actually afraid of the ocean it was more the sailing itself how did they prepare you for this how did you prepare yourself <laughs> for this Cause like you watch the movie and like, there's so much more that happens and there's tons and tons of footage, mm -hmm. but like the movie makes it look like Nikolai just like called you up and was like, Hey, let's go. And then like 10 minutes later, you're on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Like how does, is there any prep? Do you know the actual situation you're getting into? Um, I okay so preparing for the trip itself I re-upped my glacier crevasse rescue course um or training I guess I've done a few but I just really wanted to do one more right before the trip um I upgraded a bunch of my gear and then somebody a friend of my dad's who sails told me to get these certain drugs um prescribed to me for motion sickness I went and got those they were useless um <laughs> And that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, tried to make sure I was able to hold my own and not depend on anyone else while I was out there. So that was, that was kind of my biggest concern was coming across as needing help. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> yeah. Like that's like your fear of like, I don't want to be the weakest link. Right. Like, Think no, everyone. I want to be able to keep up and like prove that I deserve to be there. So, but this is such yeah. a bigger thing. Like you want to be able to keep up on, the mountain on the backcountry tours, but now you're adding like a ship and sailing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how many people are in your, on the boat? Like total. There was six. six. Yeah. Six, it including always, you. So Nikolai, myself, Yunus, Matthias, Mats. Am I forgetting someone? Uh, Osborne. Okay, there was five. There was there was six on the way there. Or no, it was five and five. Okay. Yeah. You're the only girl. Yes, the only girl. Good or bad? Like, uh, do you prefer fine, that, actually. or it's okay? Like, <laughs> um, I was for sure going into the trip. I was a little bit nervous about um, being the only girl. Just. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when I'm the only girl on a trip, my voice doesn't really get heard. Um, but no, it was fine. Actually. I think we were all equally stinky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they gave me my own bed, which was nice. I didn't have to, I had to share a room, but I didn't have to share a bed. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seemed everyone was really nice to me. It, yeah. It was fine being the only girl, honestly. 
there's so many questions about this wavy adventure that like I could go forever, but you get there. Okay. Then wait, hold on. There were six of us on the boat. <laughs> My brain just <laughs> six, <laughs> including you, right? Yeah. Including okay. me. Yeah. Yeah. Five guys, one, one Celeste. Five guys, one Celeste. <laughs> yeah. And it was okay. And Celeste had her own bed. So kind of a victory if we're being honest. Yes. Having your own bed when you travel is like the greatest thing in the world. And I think mm -hmm. people assume that like, I, don't, I travel a lot for this as well. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, no, I'm sleeping next to like my gross, hairy counterpart. Like, yeah. like <laughs> the other host of the show. Like we're sharing beds. We're, yeah. which is great. It's fun. I'm happy we get to do it. But like people are like, oh, it's so great. And I'm like, no, I'm in a divey, gross hotel and we all stink and it's great. <laughs> it's the best yeah. thing we could ever do. Yeah. What are you eating? Uh, really good food, actually. Um, Nikolai kind of produced the whole thing as well. I didn't realize he would be doing that part. Um, he made sure that we had a big um, menu before we went on the trip. So we had like a shared document where we put in like kind of the food that we wanted to eat. Um, and he just did like a massive shop beforehand. And then once we got to Long Airbnb, which is the first town in Svalbard, we did another shop. And yeah, it was actually really good. Uh, we were eating everything from Nikolai made reindeer soup. I think we got reindeer soup twice. And that's one of my favorite Norwegian meals because it's actually incredible. Uh, we had taco night. Yeah. And then Osbjorn was making pancakes in the mornings. It was it was good. Yeah, it was really good. What does reindeer soup taste like? Just venison? It tastes like oh my deer. Gosh. I guess, yeah, you could say it's like venison, but there's some sort of sweetness to it. And there's I think there's potatoes in it. There's for sure mushrooms. It's it's really, really good. It's, but the meat yeah, itself is like it. a it's kind of a venison type. Yeah. A little yeah, sweeter, say, but Yeah. I, I didn't even know we ate reindeer. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Are we gonna get backlash? Are people mad that we're eating reindeer? Is that a thing? No, no. It's no, the way I think the way the reindeer industry is controlled in Norway, it's controlled by the indigenous population there. So um, it's a quite, I'd say, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I would assume it's a relatively sustainable situation. Um, and the reindeers are are being selected for. It's like us eating deer. Like it's. Yeah, I think I think that it, like you're not it's not like a mass farming situation. Like the reindeers are being selected to become food because I, maybe they're saving the female reindeer or something like that. But I, I don't believe it's, it's like a mass farming situation. They have a process. They have a tag they have a pro and licensing they, yeah. process. I didn't know we yeah. ate reindeer. I had no idea. I always feel like when you're on these boats that you should be like fishing and just catching things. But that's not <laughs> happening. That doesn't happen. Like you're not just like, I don't know, like Captain Ron. I don't know if you've ever seen Captain Ron. It's like the worst movie ever. Uh, but like um you're not just yeah, no catching fishing. fresh fish and like eating them nope no no fishing was happening i don't know what the rules or regulations are around fishing if you have a permit or something like that um mots did have a fishing rod on board but he never used it for anything so. are you bored Definitely, yeah are you bored on the ship yeah sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um it's also briefly mentioned in the movie we had to go on shift work um, so basically someone has to be awake all the time 
um, which means that at nighttime you could be you could be on six hour shifts with two other people and then you only go down for six hours and awake again um, which is makes you pretty delirious especially when the sun doesn't set so you're going to bed and waking up and it's still light out so you don't really know what time it is you're eating breakfast you're eating lunch you're eating dinner um, and then at night you're on anchor shift so yeah it's pretty boring because you're just up your phone obviously doesn't work. You have a book, but maybe we didn't bring enough books. Like I brought one book. I definitely should have brought more. Um, and yeah, it's, there's not a lot to do. Not a lot to do, especially when there's no skiing. Yeah. You're just, I mean, you're trapped on a boat. Yeah. I mean, something's always happening with the boat that you have to be aware of. Like you're always checking for something or you're writing something down or, or anything like that, especially when you're sailing. But if everything's smooth and you're just chilling and there's no swimming polar bears and there's no ice chunks out to get the boat, then there's not a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my questions. This ice management, it looks like they just set you up to fail. Is that a movie trick here or were they just like, all right, we're no. going to bed. No, there was a miscommunication. Um, Nicola and I thought that he said, if you're going to, if, if you're going to hit ice, wake me up. I guess what Mott said was wake me up if there's ice. So oh. we should have just not let him go to bed at all. Um, because when he woke up and we had managed to get through that ice, we were all proud and we were like, guess what we did? Like it was so sick. And he was like, you should have woke me up sooner. That was definitely not the coolest thing. That was not the right move, but that's just, uh -uh. you just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. The best part is there's so much footage, like someone's flying a drone and like you're getting mm -hmm. on the, so he can see how much shit you guys are actually in. Yeah. Which I mean, it was definitely after. our bad. Like it, that was our mistake completely. Like Mots was in the right there. We should have definitely not done that. We just had no idea and or we just didn't listen to him properly. Is... I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but like, was there, te there has to be tension. And like, he brought it on himself. He's bringing a filmer and two skiers onto his boat. Like it's his territory. It's his world. Mm -hmm. But like, he's also in charge of your safety. How does that look? Um, It was interesting for sure. I think you've got Mots who's, concerned about the safety and the well-being of the boat and running a tight ship. Um, whereas we're very focused on, obviously we're there to learn about how to sail and everything, but our primary objective is skiing um, and making a ski movie. So we're extremely focused on that and almost all of our brain power with the minimal amount of sleep we were getting outside of Nikolai who's sleeping like crazy, but um, <laughs> um, we were all pretty tired. So all we could think about was when we could ski next, where should we go? Like, what's the light doing? And what are the polar bears doing? And Mats was obviously more concerned about the status of the boat and how it was being run. Um, and so, yeah, definitely there was some tension there. Um, yeah, it was it definitely like at some points felt like Mats versus us, but I think it was all resolved quite nicely by the end. Um, there was like a couple of good chats. So yeah, it's just when you've got like people with different priorities, things are going to then six people on a 30, 30 something foot sailboat for 20, whatever days is, <laughs> yeah. Things are going to not be the best sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it's his boat. Like it's his boat. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are renting it, but like, it's his boat. 
and he's in charge of your safety. Like that's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's stressful. I mean, yeah, so stressful. I think everyone was stressed out about different things. So, Um, and especially with not being able to leave the boat because we had some pretty um, poor visibility towards the end and um, the avalanche condition or not even so much the avalanche, the snow conditions were, were bad. And yeah, just kind of the cabin fever caught up to everyone, I think, towards the end there. Did you swim every day? <laughs> no, I swam just the one time. Just for the shot? Uh, no, I actually really wanted to. That was something I wanted to do, and I wish we had done it again. I don't really remember why I didn't go back in. And then Nikolai only swam the two, I'm pretty sure, the two times. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. We swam um, a bunch once we were docked. So, like, when we got to Nialusun, we were swimming, like, pretty much every day. I, I'm and we were there for like four days. I'm just trying to process this whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> what did you ever like? I assume you got you got seasick. You had to get sick. Yeah, yeah. I was the only one who threw up. Did anything work, did. or you just eventually just got your sea legs? Um. Yeah, we all got our sea legs. So in Norway, there's these patches that you put behind your ear, and um, it kind of just makes it so you're not sick. And it for worked three days, and that, and then you don't need the patch, and then all of a sudden you're completely acclimated to the boat and. And we were able to do, but those first three days I was completely, or maybe two days I was completely useless. Like I was, I threw up one of the, one of the days. I don't remember which one. And Nikolai was pretty close. And are you regretting um, it at that point? Or are you still like, I'm no, no, I was still stoked. (laughs) (laughs) There's a watch. They sell a watch that like shocks you. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I have not. They sell a watch. Our producer has it. Our producer, Ethan has it and he flies with it. And he's like, it's the greatest thing on the planet. Like, yeah, it just like sends like a little pulse through. I don't, I don't know anything about it, but I love all the gim. Like they're not all gimmicks, but like you're just trying anything. Like drink ginger ale, hold your wrist in this pressure point, like touch behind your ear, have this patch, eat this edible. Do no, this, it was the patch like, and then like Ritz crackers, and that was the only things that were good for those first couple days. Um, but what actually was really interesting was once you do get your sea legs and then you go to land, you get something called land sickness. That's where the whole world kind of like is swaying a little bit always because your whole body and all your muscles and stuff are used to kind of doing that in your stomach. So you almost feel sick once you get to land. And then you have to ski these big, scary lines with no help. Yes. With no one to yes. save you. Yeah. <laughs> how I watched that first tour and I'm like, no way. Like, how just gassed are you? Like your first mini lap what would have been a mini lap at home i assume right like it wasn't that yeah it was it was a pretty short well i I would say all the tours weren't even that long i'd say the last one we did in neolosun um the one with the core that i fell down (laughs) um that was the longest (laughs) yeah we'll get there uh that was the longest day but for the most part none of them were like overly i wasn't like feeling overly exerted for anything um that's good I feel like, yeah, I, yeah, I was like, no way. Like you just got your sea legs and I'm like thinking about this. <laughs> I haven't been on a boat that long, but like you get it even like when you boat in the summer, if you're on the boat for like, a, if you get like a good 10 hour day in a boat and then you go to the shore, you're like, whoa, I can't imagine mm-hmm. it for five days at sea, but. Yeah. yeah, I think it was more just the stoke to move. Um, I think for that one, especially we were just running on stoke happy to be outside finally do you wish it was longer shorter like if you could do it again what would you do differently 
Um, the only thing I would do differently would ski more regardless of the, the filming conditions. Um, yeah, there they, was a couple of times where we didn't go because the light wasn't perfect for filming or, or something like, like it was always something with the filming. So I wish we had just gone skiing on the days where we chose not to for filming purposes. Do you think Nikolai Even feels if the, the lines same weren't worth or it. no? Um, I don't know. I think he was quite happy to chill for some of that trip. I think it was good for him to disconnect. So, um, but me being very keen, which you can yeah, see in I, and the they, film. they showed it, which I thought was great. Like, yeah, and they kind of yeah. like, I liked, and maybe you didn't but, like, but like, I like that. They're like, here's Nikolai. Who's like, we know he got dumped. He's very public about it. And he's like, sad mm -hmm. boy. And then there's like this bubbly Celeste character who's like, <laughs> I don't care if it sucks. Like we're skiing. Let's go skiing. Like you're like yeah. not nagging, but like, I don't care if we can't get a shot. Like we're, I want to go skiing. I'm in this part of the world and like, yeah, but I, I like that they showed it. Yeah. It was, that's definitely a big part of my personality too. Um, I hope people didn't perceive it as me throwing caution to the wind. I wasn't, I was more like concerned about not skiing enough when it came to the light. Like I just didn't really care if the light was, was bad or not. Um, because we weren't overly concerned about too much avalanche unless it was ripping to the ground. Um, but yeah, that definitely wish we could have skied a little bit more. <laughs> there was a particular wall of Kuwars that I was quite choked about that we didn't, that we didn't. Have so to. will you go back? <laughs> yeah, I would three. go back. I think if I went back, I'd want to go inland. I'd want to do the more like camping out in the glaciers and, and getting seaplane one. <laughs> just land there and then go yeah yeah because I, I was hearing the snow is probably better inland is definitely not getting as much warm uh warmth coming off of the the ocean and and those weather weather systems so um if i ever go back which i'm not against at all um i would like to check out the more inland stuff i want to we talking about the energy but like how did you keep that energy like you're gassed you have to be gassed <laughs> Like I'm pretty uh, <laughs> like, let's do it. But like, you have to be gassed. Yeah. But I'm one of those freaks. So I'm like always so excited to go skiing or mountain biking. Like, um, yeah, it almost annoys. I think it annoys a lot of people actually. Um, I think I was just so excited to be there the whole time. I just wanted to ski. Yeah. You had that advantage of it being like your first, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like when you ski with people who like you, you've never skied with or like a new group and you're like, your boots are horrible, but like, you're good yeah. because you just feel like everything's great. Like I'm with this crew. I'm like the Rocky Balboa of that. I don't know if you've ever seen Rocky, but like, I look completely <laughs> defeated. My friend's like, are you good? I'm like, I'm great. I can keep going. <laughs> like, I don't know how to like stop. Like I have yeah, this like yeah. unwilling, but I don't look bubbly. Like they're like, you're beat red, dude. You are like sweating. I'm like, <laughs> I sweat eating chicken wings. Like that doesn't matter. <laughs> like I'm good to go and I can continue to go forever to a fault. Yeah. Which yeah. Is sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, is there yeah. anything wish, anything that you wish you had brought that you didn't bring? There was something I remember on the trip. I'm just trying to think about what that was. Um, I wish I'd brought the bigger backpack, the, my 37 liter backpack. Um, I had brought it and then it ended up getting taken off the boat once you got to land with all the other things that we didn't need on the boat for the rest of the trip because it looked like another ski bag. 
instead of a backpack. So I wish I'd had that because I don't know, you have all your glacier equipment and stuff pretty tight in the pack there. So I was definitely playing Tetris a little bit with a 27 liter. That's just what you had when you went skiing. It was your 27. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish I'd had a 37 for some of those days. Just when you have your glacier shit, it just takes a lot. You have to like pack perfectly to run a 27, 37, a little sloppier. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anything that you brought that you didn't need, like you didn't touch, didn't need, didn't need to bring it. Uh, no, I brought everything I needed. May, I, you know what? I probably could have brought more ski socks too. That would have been, that would have been nah. nice. But we all smelled so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't I, even matter. <laughs> that's so fun. Like, I'm, people need to do that more, right? Like, we're yeah. so spoiled with like, like we don't just... even know. Like, we didn't know we smelled bad until we like went to go mingle with other people. And I was like, oh, yeah, we definitely don't. We're not like freshly showered human beings right now. <laughs> yeah, but there's so much joy in that and so much yeah. like, it's cool how your body reacts and like mm-hmm. it's funny how you're like we don't smell but you like then you get to like i mean i'm a dirtbag i'm in a van i stink all the time but like mm-hmm. there's a time to smell and a time to not like i have to photograph a wedding next week i will be <laughs> i will be showered like i will but like yeah. people are so shower three times a day i'm like three times a day what do you do and like i don't know if maybe you are like that so that was like a big change for you but no. I just think everyone should be a little more dirt bags or like go yeah. a week without showering just for just for fun. I dropped my phone. Sorry. Um, That's okay. People need to just be, I don't know. I think it's like you had no phone and no, phone. no showers for 20 days ish. I'm sure yeah. there was some communication blips in there, but like. Yeah, it was actually super nice to be without phone. Um, it was a good eye opener. I don't think any of us had ever been without our phones for that quite that long. Um, and it was just nice to know that when you get back online, that literally nothing changed. Like no. everything's the same. It's everything's just, it's same. just worse. Same old bullshit. It's <laughs> just worse. It's worse. Yeah. But it's necessary, yeah. right? Like yeah. in our world, it is necessary. Definitely. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, my friends who are like, they're an engineer or they're like, they work in a plant. I'm like, why are you on this? Like, why do you have Instagram? Why do you have TikTok? And they're like, well, and I'm yeah. like, no way. If I didn't have to have a computer, I wouldn't have one. Like mm-hmm. people are like, I think I'm going to buy a computer. I'm like, why don't you know, <laughs> like, I have a friend who doesn't need email. Like his job, like he makes good money. He doesn't have to answer an email. He does. I was like, that is like a gift from the heavens. Like if there that's is a cool. heaven, that's it. Like, that's really cool. <laughs> like, what an insane concept to like not. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, just checking in. Oh, hey, like, great, I'm still here. I have a friend with a flip phone. Oh, um, jealous. Yeah, and it's it's super nice because whenever I see her, I'm like, okay, yeah, you literally don't know anything about what's been going on in my life, and we can talk quite candidly about everything, which is which is cool. What does that person do for a living? If you can say, she's also a student. Okay. She's, she's just from Alaska, um, from Juneau. And I think a lot of people there just don't have phones. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. Like, I mean, yeah. even up, we're having this conversation and like, I have, I clearly have notes on my phone, but like I have it in my hand for this whole like hour of interacting. Like that's pathetic. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Like I've written notes, but then the paper's really loud and then I've put it on my screen, but then I like can't <laughs> see, like, I don't know what to do. 
and I'd love to just not, but like I have to have, like we have topics, we have bullet points, we have. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I hate phones so much. So we should all smell and get rid of our phones. Is basically where this <laughs> yeah. this conversation is at going. Least do, at least do like a small annual cleanse if you have to have one. Yeah, phone cleanse, not body. It's like a you reverse, you you flip it. Yes, there you go. That's, That's a good motto. That is the <laughs> uh, polar bears and guns. That's like a thing. Yeah, uh-huh. a, it's a thing. Yep. I just I just went to some under the Arctic exhibit and I found out that polar bears can't dive, like they can't go deep. Oh, interesting. So like this guy is filming them. And he's like one of like eight people to ever film polar bears underwater. And they go below, don't quote me, but like two meters or three meters because how we can like close our nose and like equalize the pressure in our ears. Polar bears can't do that. Okay. So that's how they would evade them. And they were in like full scuba and stuff. But I just learned this. I had no idea. Interesting. That's good. That's Yeah. I mean, we saw... I saw one swimming polar bear um, and then there was another one that was seen on one of the anchor shifts and both times its head was above water, but they're so cute. Like they're so cute. Well, it's that's like the too problem, bad that right? they're so dangerous. They're so cute. And like they can swim for like an insane amount of time. And really fast. And they also walk so quickly. Like I didn't know they walked fast. I knew they swam fast, but they can swim for like, but it doesn't even look like they're walking that fast. They're just so big and every step takes them that much farther. So from even from a distance, you're like, that thing has traveled so far, so fast without even trying. <sighs> polar bears are like fascinating humans. Now there's polar bear grizzly mixes, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> yeah, Why? They're called prizzlies. That's not, like, I didn't, <laughs> I just Sounds went like to this exhibit. Dog. I swear on my life. Like I just went okay. to this exhibit. Uh, it's the first time it's been in the States and this isn't a pitch for them. It's called under yeah. the Arctic and it's this photographer and filmer who spent a bunch of time in the Arctic and like got all these things. But yeah, grizzly bears and polar bears because of migration, polar bears are migrating and now they've mated with grizzly bears and they're called prizzlies. And I was like, scientists, like you missed it on this one. You called them prizzlies. I love it. But like, <laughs> what are we going to do when there's prizzlies running around? Like we're fucked. Like not a chance. Uh, I think it's nature fighting back. It's kind of uh, cool. I'm not mad. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, they're called prizzlies, which I thought was a joke completely, but it's, it's not. They're prizzlies. But you got, was the danger as much as it felt in the film? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can't go to land without some, unless you're like in one of the main towns, but it like you exit the boundaries of the town. You have to have a gun. You have to have a gun license. Um, you can't leave the boat without, it was actually really funny. I think Nicola and I were joking about it one day where it was just the two of us going to land with um, Matias, who has his gun license in Osbjorn. And it felt like we had, I don't know, like a secret service agency, like a group. <laughs> yeah, you had protectors. Guns. Yeah, and everyone has like two guns. Everyone has a flare gun and then a shotgun um, and they, yeah, they have to go to land before us to check it out. And then, and then we come. And it was, yeah, it was definitely an added thing because if you're walking anywhere near the sea and there's ice there, there's going to be seals and you got to think about the polar bears and then you're thinking about the glacier that's there and then you're thinking about the 
weather and the conditions and the avalanches and so all of it together it's just more things to think about so that's definitely a little bit more draining as well but they were there and they were around and it was definitely quite realistically portrayed i think in the film do you have you don't have like bear spray that doesn't work on polar bears no i don't think that works on why bears. i don't know i have no idea i don't know can you carry a flare gun so. you can't have a flare um, I was allowed to carry it a couple times, same with Nikolai, but um, we weren't allowed to have a shotgun. I mean, these shotguns are crazy, though. Some of them are from World War II. Like, you rent them in Long Airbnb and you don't have your own, and they're from World War II. They're like leftover guns. Whoa. So they're super heavy and wooden. And <laughs> I just picture like a bunch of Americans doing this trip and then having like way too many guns. Like that's not funny, but like it's true. I'm just like yeah, arsenal yeah. of like skiers with like, I mean, we can use our imaginations because America sucks. I mean, Nikolai like... was hyped whenever he had the opportunity to hold the flare gun. <laughs> like there's a clip it's in so... the video where he's like skiing with it in the air. Yeah, because it like... <laughs> It's just not normal. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of normal in the States, which mm -hmm. the whole world knows about because we suck ass, but someone will be mad at me for saying that, but whatever. <laughs> We're not getting into a gun talk here, but it's so different how regulated it is in other places. And the fact that like, Hey, there's polar bears here. They'll kill you, but also you can't have this gun. So sorry. Well, they're also saying if you're in a position where you have to shoot the polar bear, typically that means that you have done something wrong. And like you have to right. go to court if you kill a polar bear. Like it's this whole, it's a whole. Thing. Oh yeah, like, like you not... use a flare to scare it, and it, like yeah, that's there's last... like a bunch of steps. And if you're at the point where you're using the gun, you've probably done something wrong along the way, or yeah, there's some crazy thing going on. Um, but yeah, they said that you, you should never be in the position where you're killing a polar bear because that's that's very bad, very yeah, very bad. That's not not an ideal situation. No. Uh, we've talked wavy for a while. I want to talk about this cooler that you fell down. Let's talk <laughs> about that. But like, I'm like, is this fucking scripted? Like, this is like, it almost makes the story. The cooler? Yeah. Oh, I'm so choked about that still. I like that you say like choked. Really wish... I'm going to start using that term. <laughs> I wish I had gone. I wish I had actually skied it. Um, again. That was my, that was going to be my question. Do you wish you had skied it again? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, we weren't sure, and I don't think we know if whether or not it was going to be a first descent. Um, but I was like so excited about it the whole way up, and Nikolai was like, "You should get it first, like ski it first. Um, and I wasn't over, like I was a bit nervous for sure, but dropping in, I was like, "This is like every other kuar, like you'll be fine." Um, and I guess I've just never experienced getting like it's not slough; it was slush. Like I've never experienced like heavy wet heavy. slushy like runnily snow that hadn't like because usually kuwars kind of slough themselves and they kind of prove like there's a you know i've never experienced it to that degree and like the weight of it um and i'd also locked my bindings out so i was mostly nervous about my skis not coming off if something were worse to happen because i got out of it pretty pretty chill um but yeah i think i was, I was just freaked out I had a lot of time to think about it while I was climbing my way back up. I think <laughs> and then, if I haven't hadn't have as much as much time, I probably would have popped back in. But what was yeah. your determining factor to not ski it? Uh, Nikolai skied it very fast and straight. Yeah, and he's not was, fair though. 
Like he doesn't <laughs> ski. It's hit. I don't know that snowboarder's name, but that snowboarder, like most snowboarders, like really chop things up. And that snowboarder that he rides with, I should know his name, but like rides them the same. They just go like straight. Straight. Yeah. It's really cool. And I definitely want to get to a point where I can try to be more like that. But um, yeah, I think I just saw the way Nikolai skied it. And I was, I was like at the peak of being hard on myself. And I was like, I won't be able to ski it like that. So I'm not going to ski it. And I was feeling all nervous and shit. So I just, yeah, went and skied as awesome as which was fine. It was like the other couloir was great too. I was just really excited about that first one so it was just kind of a bummer now you have to go back is so wavy two ended up really being about you do you think i love people keep saying that but i haven't really seen that from it oh 100 like percent. it is but it's like this story <laughs> of like and I, I love it. I don't think it, I think it's great. And I think it's like a lesson for one females and I can't speak to females, but like this world is fucking hard and people suck. And we seem to really put a lot of pressure on females and I'm not, again, I'm blonde hair, blue eyed, white guy. Like my life is pretty easy. I can't pretend to relate, but like here it is like this highly educated ripping mountain biker, ripping skier, like just like phenomenal human who is being so hard on herself for doing <laughs> things that like 98% of people couldn't even do. Yeah. I don't know. I'm hard on myself. I'm my biggest competition. So it, <laughs> but it, it was like, I just loved and like, I would love to hear Nikolai's like, I guess he's the only one who can really answer that. Like, but like, he produced it he made the turn to kind of make it like this is about i mean it's true i was like at the bottom of every single line i was like could have done that faster could have done that better like could have put my gopro on because i never used a gopro before that trip pretty much so <laughs> right but that's like to me i love that like that's humanizing like oh yeah like you know they're all pumped they're like you ripped that and like hell yeah and you're like i didn't put my gopro on and you're like fuck oh who cares like you just ripped that line and like obviously yeah. we have a film to make so like that doesn't mean i wasn't stoked like i feel like it comes across as me not having a good time but i'm definitely like in the moment of actually skiing i'm beyond stoked that's like my flow state for sure but then I'd get to the bottom and see them and then you reminded, oh yeah, we're skiing a ski movie. What did I do wrong? And these are all the things I did wrong and I'm going to have to vocalize them now. Do you think... It, yeah, it was an interesting thing. I think it was... I just don't want to be like that girl in a ski movie. You know, I wanted to be another athlete in the ski movie. It's not so much about being like the girl in the ski movie for me, at least. I didn't get that by the film. I just no, got and, it. And I'm glad it wasn't portrayed like that. No, I just got it like we're all very hard on ourselves and like, you know, if you can't believe in yourself, then who else can you believe in? And like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's you. I think you believe in yourself so much that like if you make a mistake, you're like mad at it. And it's like everyone's yeah. like we're humans. Like that's mm -hmm. that is the glory of life. it's being the student forever. And like nothing is ever good enough because you'll never have enough knowledge or you'll never ski that line perfectly or you'll never you know, I don't know, ride that mountain bike line perfectly or surf that mm -hmm. wave. Like that's, 
that is the that is life. Like that is to that is the pursuit. Like that's what my whole life has been. Like it's what you're yeah. searching for. And it'll never be perfect. And I think that is like the pinnacle of life is learning that. And like it's not easy. I mean, we're all every day I'm like, that was shit. That was shit. That was good. That was shit. <laughs> like it's easier yeah. said than done. But when you really watch it, it's like I do have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of it's just yeah. learning about yourself and being in that moment or present. Not to say you weren't, but like, fuck the GoPro. Like, you just ripped that oh line. God, yeah. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought it was, I really liked it. I really did like how they did it and how, like, yeah. Just kinda... I think, I think it was fine. Um, it was really good for me to see it like put together as a montage like that for the first time. Cause I wasn't really part of the editing process. Like I saw the first couple versions of it, um, gave a little bit of input, but the first time I saw that montage, I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> you gotta be nicer to yourself. Oh my gosh. But it's a, <laughs> it's clearly a testament to who you are. And like, mm -hmm. he wouldn't have done it if he didn't feel like he knew you and you'd be comfortable seeing it. And like, but it is sometimes we need that reminder. And it's just funny that this reminder is like on this grand stage for everyone else to see. But yeah. I think it's, I think there are huge takeaways from that film that a lot of people that you might not know that you are impacting. Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. I've also received like a lot of really positive messages and people feeling like they can relate to it too, which is great because I don't want to ever come across um, as long as I'm in the public eye, I guess I don't ever want to co come across as ungenuine. Like I always just want to be myself. Um, so if things like that come out, then that's cool. <laughs> Cause yeah, I'm hard on myself. I literally got back off that boat, got back home, started bike racing and was just so horrible to myself, like saying the worst stuff. So it didn't really change until I saw the movie. <laughs> Is it changing? Are you learning yeah. to be better to yourself? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm like actively trying to be quite a bit nicer and more supportive of myself to myself because then I perform better. <laughs> yeah. It's it. it I like I, everyone's self-deprecating. Maybe not everyone, but I, I'm always like my girlfriend, Jess always yells it. Cause I'm always like, I'm garbage. I'm trash. And she's like, you have to stop saying that. And I was like, I just, my fear is like on air is that someone's going to think that I, I think I'm good at something. And I'm like, no, I'm bad. I'll have more fun than you. Like, but like, I'm a podcast host. I talk about skiing and mountain biking. And then I meet these people at like trails and I'm fine. I can ride a bike. I can, mm -hmm. I can ski fairly yeah. okay. But like, if you think that I think I'm pro, like I am, I am bad. <laughs> like, and I just want, I don't want anyone to think, I don't want them to be like, oh, he's not as bad as I thought. That's like all I am going for. It's not like. You could do better. Like, no, you can't. Like, you're 36. You're blown out. Like, you're just surviving at this point, and I'm fine with that. Like, <laughs> well, you're pro at being yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at that, which is something. It's probably one of my biggest faults is that I'm me, but that's okay. <laughs> you got to be good at something, right? Yeah. Um. Anything that was in Wavy, too that you or wasn't in wavy two that you filmed that you like wished had been in it. I have to think back now. Um, 
I don't know. Would have just. I mean, it was it was already forty eight fifty minutes long, um, and everything that was in there was great. There was so much footage; like it would have been way too long if they'd put in like every single moment that was cool. <laughs> but I actually really liked the town of Neolis, even like the the radio silent town. Um, it was just filled with like all of these PhD students that were studying like different forms of climate change and technology and. Um, there was like a bunch of space stuff going on there and I was really excited about it but just like the town itself with the couple locals and like I know Nikolai had gone around and filmed a little bit one of the days and I, like it would have been cool to see more of that in there but that's okay I think it kind of keeps the mystery alive um, with the movie because obviously there's so much more that could have been shown but I think just more of like the land stuff would have been cool for sure yeah it doesn't fit i mean it fits the story but like you just how long are you gonna make it right like that's totally yeah and like the whole learning how to sail like that was five days of our trip and that was a big big thing for me because i overcame my fear of sailing and like all of us were went from being sick to being fine like that would have been a story in itself as well but um yeah that's okay yeah i mean that's my favorite part about nikolai's films is like they're 40 to 50 minutes but i know i can like pretty much count on like i'm gonna put my phone away for an hour Mm -hmm. and like digest what he does and like that's he's like it's insane like we'd come back from a day of filming and everyone would upload all of their footage from their gopros cameras everything and he would already just be sitting there processing everything i think as soon as the trip was over he just like got right to editing like he's a machine when it comes to it's film production and editing and then telling the story right like the way he's able to vocalize himself is insane um so that I, was super impressive to i watch. think he's like i don't know him um but i get the sense that he's pretty honest like even like with the breakup like he could easily just hide that and like but like he like cuts to him like crying in the corner not in wavy two. he talks about it a little bit but like in the one i don't remember the one before yeah. But yeah, like, eulogy. is it eulogy? I think yeah. it's eulogy. Yeah. But like he talks about yeah. it, and like that is like so mm-hmm. wholesome, and like he could easily not. It's pretty. I mean, he's the yeah. producer, he's the director. Like he could get rid of it, but like. I it, think that's important though, because it also makes him seem like more of a real person. Oh, it's um, yeah. it's phenomenal, and yeah, and like he'd be lying if he wasn't if he wasn't feeling emotions on that trip. Like that would have been hard. Yeah, you Which know, and also good. it was a highly publicized. At oh, least yeah. in Norway, it was yeah. a more publicized breakup it's than like, most. So. He's like dating Lady yeah. Gaga of Norway, <laughs> like is, the Taylor like, Swift. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> what an insane thing! But I, I always enjoy it. I enjoy what he does. I'm glad that you got the call. Like I don't know you personally, but like it was fun for me to be one as like a podcast host to be like introduced to somebody who like maybe wouldn't have like blipped on my radar. So, like, I thought that was really neat, and you were a pivotal part of that story. Whether he had planned that or not, it's really cool to see it all come together. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm hyped. I was a bit self-conscious at first, but... <laughs> yeah, well, sure, right? Like, you're... Come out, I'm pretty excited. Like, it's Well, there's a good. lot of, like, unwritten pressure. Like, holy... Like, mm-hmm. Black Rose is investing, me, investing in me, and Nikolai's investing yeah. in me, and, like, I'm... It's him and I. Like, if I mm-hmm. crumble, like, that has... I mean, obviously, you have to think about that, but we'll pretend yeah. like we're all tough and we don't... We don't deal with <laughs> We don't feel emotions. Yeah, we don't feel any of that. <laughs> uh, if you could have a meal 
with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? It could be dead or dead or alive. This is where I just throw random questions at you. Oh so. my goodness. Uh, I used to have the answer to this question. Who was the first person that popped in your head? Cause that's the answer. Um, probably the science fiction author, Ursula Le Guin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have no um, idea, but that's great. That's okay. Um, yeah. Her name's Ursula Le Guin. Hopefully I don't think she'll listen to this, but anyways, she's, she's the best. She can visualize worlds and societies and stuff that I don't think anybody else can. That's like the nerdiest thing I could have said, but that's yeah. Right. I, yeah, but <laughs> that's I probably think, the person I would say. I love that with. though. Cause that's fun. Like, I don't, I, yeah. that's like, that's you, right? Like be your authentic mm-hmm. self, be you. Mm-hmm. What would mm-hmm. the meal be? Oh my goodness. I don't know. My favorite food is like Middle Eastern food. So probably something like that, but honestly, easy. <laughs> can, can you cook? Can I cook? Yeah. Uh, I don't like cooking for myself. I like cooking if it's a team sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm not a very inspired chef. I would say I, I mostly cook for the fuel. Um, which what, is bad. But, that's all right. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. What's your, see, like yeah. beating yourself up about cooking. Who cares? I have one pot meals <laughs> every day. I, like I eat garbage. It's fine. What, what's your go-to meal? Um, I'm like flexitarian ish sort of like if I'm going to eat meat, I want it to come from where, where I know, like, I want to know the chickens are happy, for example. Um, but my go-to at home is probably like rice and vegetables and eggs. Okay. Yeah easy <laughs> what is flexitarian <laughs> yeah it's like I'll is that a real term i call it that <laughs> <laughs> i'll eat vegetarian unless i know where the meat's coming from then i'm happy to eat it i'm not about to i don't know i'm not about to like go to italy and say no to prosciutto for example all right i didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't I don't think that's a term i think you made it up i get <laughs> i get what you're saying but i don't think yeah. it's a term Okay. I'm for it. I'm like, I didn't like, I didn't have meat for the last two days. And then I went and got chicken wings today. Like that is not a flexitarian, but like, I don't need meat in every meal, but I, you seem to have more of a heart than I do. Like, I don't. Well, mine's more of a carbon footprint, um, thing. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. But I see I'm solar. So I'm like offsetting everything. So, and I, (laughs) you're perfectly fine. And I own a Prius. I'm like, come on. I am like, yeah. I just yeah. like crush diesel fumes and drive all over the country. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, don't worry. I have solar panels. I have solar. Like, it's, fine. it's fine. And yeah. then like yeah. if I'm in Buffalo, there's a Prius and I can drive that if I want to, I guess. Because I'm that's nice. I'm I care about our planet. I do care, but I just wish corporations would do more and not pawn yeah. off on me. Yeah. Sorry. That's, um, <laughs> nope. That's you're a hundred percent correct about that statement. Okay. I got to talk about it, and I'm going to talk about it whether you want to hear it or not. I'm here to normalize heated socks, normalize boot heaters, normalize heated vests, because if it keeps you out there, it's worth it. Yes, it's an investment. Yes, it's a little scary. But these heated socks from Thermic changed my life. Notoriously cold feet. I don't know. My toes get cold. I have poor circulation. just is what it is. It's how I'm born. These heated socks change everything for me. They have a Bluetooth app. You can sync them. You can sync the heat, how hot you want them, how how not hot you want them. 
this is why Thermic is better than everyone else, in my opinion. One, the sock is thin. It doesn't feel like a bulky, weird, heated sock. Two, the batteries last forever. That's not true, but like up to 12 hours. Three, you sync them with the app, and it knows when you're going up the chairlift, so it puts a little more heat on if you want. And then when you're skiing, it turns the heat down a little bit so your feet don't sweat. I'm telling you, they're like guaranteed for super long. I don't don't quote me on that, but I'm 98% there. The heating elements are guaranteed for a long life. They're machine washable, cushion reinforced under the foot, maximum comfort, comfort, better heat circulation, toe and heel protection, 12-hour battery life. Go to us.thermic Com. That's U-S dot T-H-E-R-M dash I-C dot com. Or just type in Thermic on Google and you will find it. Get yourself some heated socks. I'm here to normalize heated socks. If your feet are cold, you don't perform, you don't ski well. If you have warm feet, better skiing, better performance. Let's talk about one more of my favorite brands this week. And I will let you free on this episode. Deuter. Dude, it's Deuter. We know how to say it. We figured it out. I'm still talking about this Freerider Pro 34 Plus. Some of my friends didn't believe me. They finally saw it, and they went and bought themselves some because it's that good. Adjustable sternum belt, load adjustment straps, ice axe attachment, reinforced safety compartment for your shovel, blade, and handle. You can carry your skis A-frame style. There's giant zippers across the back to stuff stuff in here's my favorite part volume expansion up to 10 liters more on the roll top and you don't even know the roll top exists unless i show you helmet mount goggle holder sos label so you can write notes on it fully compatible with a three liter drinking system inside compartment to keep your valuables safe Full-on Alpine system, so you can carry them straight up and down. A-frame. I kind of mentioned the A-frame already. Or carry them over the side. PFC-free. Like, this brand cares. They have a Deuter promise for the planet and the people. Head on over to Deuter.com. D-E-U-T-E-R.com. Go look at the Deuter promise for the planet and the people. They understand that, like, there is not an end-all, be-all solution to being clean. And they lay it all out. They don't want to greenwash the whole thing to make everyone feel better about themselves. They want it to be proper and right. And they know it's not the easiest path. And it's not the most direct one. But this is the most sustainable one. So go check it out. Everything they're doing. Again, PFC free since 2020. No questions asked. Lifetime guarantee. They'll repair it. And if they can't repair it, they'll fix it. No matter the generation or the reason for the damage or defect, no questions asked, lifetime guarantee. And they give you that guarantee because they're built for durability. So they believe in their product. Head on over to Deuter.com. Check them out. I'm telling you, I'm falling in love with this free rider pack. Like, obviously, we all have like a little love for our pack because it's like our adventure buddy. But this free rider Pro 34 Plus is like, that's my product highlight. You can go on the website, look at everything they have to offer. But I'm telling you that Freerider Pro 34 Plus is my gear of the year. It is so good. Toyota.com. Best advice anyone's ever given you.
I don't know. Well, I think the first thing I can think of, because that was the more one of the more recent times I've had advice given to me on a sport level, <laughs> was from Michaela Gatto, actually. And she was like, be a dolphin, not a whale. <laughs> I don't <laughs> when, even know what that when means. Going off, when going off, when going off jumps. But that has nothing to do with life. This is literally no, just going that off could the be jump. Life. You want to jump like a dolphin and you don't want to flop like a whale. I guess you could say that applies to life. Yeah, that could be life. Yeah. Yeah. Be a dolphin, not a whale. I yeah, just want to call wanna Michaela like, Gatto. You want to like, you want to like land smoothly into the water and not like come out of the water and then belly flop into it. You know, I same applies for being in the air. I guess this is life. Like, this is everything. My yeah. best advice ever got is sometimes you're not as fucked up as you are. Sometimes <laughs> I just like live by that. Like, okay. I don't yeah. know what that means, but I like, that is a great, be a dolphin, not a whale. Right? Be a yeah. dolphin, not a whale. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I think that's yeah. That's your first thing that came to my mind. I, so. Yeah, but that's why this is fun because it's just yeah. We talk serious. We talk. Advice I've ever had. No, it's, it's okay. Uh, good day video. Was this your idea? Oh, yeah. Was this your that idea? Was. What that's is the really trifecta? Um. Okay. So. Um, but on the on Vancouver Island, um, Vancouver Island is very famous for both mountain biking and primarily surfing. Um, but I have some friends that live on the east side, I guess you could say, of the island, which is not the surfing side. Um, and they live in a place called Cumberland, which is really popular for mountain biking. And then Mount Washington and Mount Kane are popular for skiing. Um, and they like to do this thing when it's windy enough is surf on that side of the island too. It's really messy, but, um, they call it the trifecta when they can do all three in a day. And I was like, well, what if you just ski tour and then mountain bike from the bottom of the ski touring and then pedal for 20 kilometers to the beach and then hop in the ocean and try and catch waves. That's what I did. Um, yeah. And I love that shit. I love like multi-sport as long as it's still type one, I'm not down with the exclusively type two multi-sport adventures it needs to have a healthy amount of type one that's interesting i would think the opposite because i'm an off the wavy adventure but <laughs> but type one was the descent and also i don't know the whole experience was really fun i didn't think it was yeah but like you just sit on a boat for four days and like, <laughs> yeah. like having six hours on and six hours off like that yeah uh, yeah, I get. Yeah, I, I do guess. like the suffer fest, but I like when they come with a reward. You can lie to me. <laughs> was it actually shot in a day? It actually was. It legitimately was shot in a day. No B-roll, no filler from other days. No. How no. shitty was the only mountain biking? Mountain biking was amazing. Like, actually, terrible the surfing that was shit, and the skiing was horrible too. Oh my god. Um, the surfing yeah, was just the, wind chop. I was like, no. It was it was messy, <laughs> and I am not a fantastic surfer. I've done more since then, but that was bad. That was bad for a beginner. <laughs> I, a you could start. tell by how stoked you were by the wave that you caught that I was like, oh, she got one. Like you got, like, like we got the shot. We're good. That's that was, it. Like that was three hours of fighting abuse. with water. It was bad. <laughs> I could tell. Yeah. Yeah, but no, this, the ski touring was beautiful because it started off sunny. Like, even as we were walking up, 
actually as we were skiing out and the weather started changing i was like everyone's gonna think this was shot in two days because the weather's so different than it was this morning um and even like the very very end of the day was different than it was in the middle of the day because we had like snow sleet hail rain like we had it all one day yeah. which is fun though i, I think that's i like... would never do i would never lie like for me it's, it's like if i say i want to do it a day i'm doing it a day there's not well sometimes you do the things in a day but it's filmed over three like <laughs> b-roll and like other things like okay we'll give a clip of me here like we did it like because i feel like that a lot of people do that for storytelling like you do you right. actually do the activity like you do all three yeah. in the day you got it but then yeah. like you go back the next day and get like the filler shots and like it's it's movie magic that's what we do movie magic uh what else do i have i don't know yeah, no, it was unique <laughs> i mean it was it was um not it was all one day it was a lot of work <laughs> yeah it's like it's almost type two that had to be a type two day i don't care what you say it was a 1.5 <laughs> okay i'll take that yeah. um we're gonna do so i'm gonna say a word and you say the first word that comes to your head okay spicy Uh, shrimps. <laughs> Brick. Wall. Birds. Crows. Beauty. Ugliness. Cheese. Gouda. Impossible. Never. Life. Fun. Love. Hard. Pizza amazing settle never uh pet peeves uh slow walkers great pet peeve that's it's the best <laughs> pet peeve anyone's ever said <laughs> slow walkers you're just mad slow. at people who walk slow like the whole like old just you could have said elderly like anyone who's above 60 you're no. just mad at slow walkers <laughs> And babies in bars. You could just end that sentence at babies, and I'd be fine with it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Oh, sorry, world. Uh, your baby's not that cute. I'm sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> this is where we just go off the rails at the end here. This is why it's fun. Uh, 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 what do I have? Oh, this is my like Mari moment for you. You're a fucking model. You just don't <laughs> mention that? No. You have it's like stats listed online, like how tall you are and like Oh, oh, oh I found it. I watched your whole commercial promo reel. I watched oh, the shit. whole thing. Five minutes of my life, I'll never get back. You like cheersing in like a Volkswagen van. Yeah. I don't know what that was for, but No, it's cringy. Um, um yeah, it came about while I was racing. So I've actually been doing it for like 12, no. Yeah, about 11 years now. Um, I got approached by, or my ski team got approached by a production company that wanted to do a commercial for the Sochi Olympics back in like 2012 or 2011 or something. And I didn't want to audition. And my dad was like, could be money for nothing. You could also get a free speed suit out of it. Um, so I auditioned and I was the only girl, I think on the team that did, and they needed a girl. So I got the job 
And then afterwards they were like, do you want an agent? You'll get paid to ski. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then I literally never got paid to ski ever again. Ever. <laughs> Until I like, yeah, I never got paid to ski. <laughs> Again, is, until is like that a year the and shot half. of you like in the tuck with like you can really read the booster strap really good on the boots oh no that was one of my first sh- oh yeah so basically that just launched me into like uh sport modeling so like lots of hiking a lot of like oh i watched the whole thing stuff. i saw it all yeah I dug well it does, it's not just video it's like a lot of photo like a lot of studio stuff but what's been great is it's been all sport related um it's been not no fashion it's been very just like Oh, I I saw it. Centric. I went in there. I saw it. Not all of it, but I I watched the video. Yeah, it's not a career. I just I it's been a really nice way to have some not passive income, but like income to kind of get me through school. Um, but I've never viewed it as like a this will be my life type of thing, and I've also never let it like be part of my identity. I'm sorry if I blasted you on that. It's okay. Didn't want to talk about it. Like people know. Oh no! It's it's like I used to be more afraid of it when I was like younger, but now it's just like whatever. I don't care. Advice for getting your photo taken? Because you're good at it. This is Uh, hard. Like models get paid because it's hard. Like I'm like, mm -hmm. like my eyes are closed. It is really hard. It. Um, if you're not like meant to smile, then you just got to think about the most beautiful. Well, for me, I just think about the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and then usually your face will do whatever. but it was actually in Svalbard. It's changed now. It used to be something else, but now it's now it's that one part in Svalbard where I was legitimately like, this is top top one most beautiful places I've ever seen. In 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 Lillehook Fjord. What's it called? One more time. Lillehook. I can't say that. <laughs> Do aliens exist? I I would assume so, yes. Is the world too reliant on technology? Hmm. That's a tough one. I can't really answer it. I feel like it could be part of our saving. Oh, that's it. That is an interesting take. Mm-hmm. But yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. What's one thing you wish everyone knew about you? Uh, oh. I have no idea. Uh... That I like science fiction a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. I've never really thought about that. Like all I think, all I'm thinking about is Avatar. That's all I can think about. Is that a thing? I just saw Avatar two. I just saw it. Yeah, I've seen it too. Is that like this is how I'm picturing you, like reading like Avatar books? Avatar is borderline fantasy, so it's not really like that. It's more things like Interstellar and The Martian, like things that are a little bit more plausible. Okay. That yeah. helps me hone you in. You're a little less weirder than I thought you were. Yeah, no, there's ago. a difference. Like Star Wars is science fantasy. That's not science fiction. Like okay. as soon as there's magic involved, then that's kind of out of my, I'm not really, well, actually right now I'm reading the overstory, which is like the adult version of the Lorax. And that's like the least science fiction thing I've ever read in my life. Is it good? I love the yes. Lorax. I don't need an adult version of the Lorax. It's like changing it. my brain. I'm like obsessed with trees now. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of before, but now I'm more obsessed with trees. You'll have to send it to me so I can put it on my list of books that I will never read, even though I want to. I got two books for Christmas. (laughs) One of them is uh, Jeremy Jones's new book, and I'm like, I'm just doing 10 pages a day. 
Start and slow. Oh, that's not bad. That's easy. It's obtainable mm-hmm. goals. That's all I'm going for right now. I used to be yeah. a big reader. I lost it. I got to get back into it. Uh, what music are you listening to? Like, what is on repeat in the headphones? Uh, a DJ called Mind Chatter. Mind Chatter. Yeah. What kind of music? House? Uh, oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, Mind it's Chatter. Not, it's not drum and bass. He sings his own stuff, but his beats are just really good. I saw him live recently and kind of blew up just at the end of the pandemic there because he started making music, I think, at home in New York. And I don't know. All this music's great. It just goes by anxiety. <laughs> I yeah, I, anxiety. We can all relate to that. We everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's it, probably, yeah, that's my, that's been my number one for a couple of years, actually. Mind chatter. 27 mm-hmm. year old from New York, New York native. Yeah. Okay. I'd say that type of music more than, more than anything. Do you say anything before you drop on skis, like into something? Do you have like a motto? Or like, do you like punch yourself in the head and say, you got this? Like what? No. I'll like exhale. I'll just breathe out. I, I kind of always done that. Um, what I've noticed that I've started doing mountain biking, which I might bring into skiing is like reminding myself to focus. I just, I will say focus out loud. And that kind of like brings me into that moment. Um, like it brings everything into that moment. What exactly I'm looking at instead of thinking outside too much. And that's been helpful pocket snack favorite pocket uh, snack uh healthy would be uh lara bar no uh, hang on come on don't (laughs) bullshit me that i've been waiting to use that one all day my arnold come on don't bullshit me (laughs) (laughs) um give me the no oh a lara bar no way like no actually though they have a really good one (laughs) they do that's great but like pocket okay, snack can, like okay yeah a kit kat bar legit that's my number one that's my number one like snack. i'm still bored on that really i mean kit kat slap but like <laughs> like you're mad at old people for walking slow and now you're gonna <laughs> offer me a kit kat like what almond joy is like your second like favorite no. thing in life no <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kit Kat bar. I'm, I mean, I've started bringing miso soup ski touring, which has been a bit of a game changer. Oh, that's good. But, that's good. But yeah, but I don't think maybe my snack game is just not that exciting. Oh, Lara bar. Are you sponsored by them? You I'm actually be not. After that, <laughs> that would one. be pretty cool though. <laughs> dream, dream car. Uh, the whenever Subaru decides to come out with their electric car. Uh, I don't, I'm not an electric car guy. Yeah, I'm down, obviously, but but batteries have a long way to go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No one can see yeah. what I just did, but that's where I was going <laughs> with that. Uh, like, and tell me if I'm wrong because I don't know, and I'm just an imbecile. But like, will a carbon or will the the process it takes to create the car right now, like, will that ever be offset? Like I have to keep an electric car for 50 years. And then what do I do with this presumably lithium battery? And also is like lithium, just the new blood diamond. Pretty much. uh, 
Yep, pretty much. All right, cool, 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 <laughs> I mean, cool. I've heard, I mean, there's a lot of research going into like solid state batteries, which I think are quite promising. Like longevity wise, they don't fall apart as quickly as lithium, I guess you could say. And then I don't know what it means about recycling, but lithium batteries, the whole recycling process is like actually super energy intensive. But that applies to every single renewable. Um, there's a double edged sword to all of them. Yeah, and I do think you're still reducing your carbon footprint, or at least you're reducing your reliance on fossil fuel. I'm so like people are just like I get, I don't get it. I don't understand because I think, and I'm not. Again, don't quote me on this, but like the amount of energy it takes to make a Ford Light E Lightning, whatever the new Ford truck is, like we're making. How do we make that? Like we burn a lot of coal and we burn a lot of like. And I'm not like, uh, but yes. also it depends on where you're producing things. It also depends on like, if you have, for example, an electric vehicle in a province or state where their primary energy source is fossil fuels, you're not doing a good thing by having an electric vehicle because the transmission losses are there anyways. Um, but if you have an electric vehicle in like British Columbia or somewhere where renewables kind of take over um, the market, then it's better. Yeah, I want to hope. I want to have hope. I do. Because I like... Yeah. I love the idea of it, but I'm just like, we're not... I just go back to like corporate. Like, they're pushing it on us, and the infrastructure isn't there. We're not ready. It doesn't make sense. And you're... I think you just got to go back to where the energy's starting from. Yeah, but it's like, you know, there's a... We we ride dirt bikes, and I'm on a two-stroke, and I'm like burning oil, and like that's the best tool for that job at this time. And then there's like an e-bike guy who's like pompous and telling me how great his e-bike is. And then we're back at camp and he's running this giant generator to power his e-bike. <laughs> and I'm like, my little 300 CC two stroke is burning less fossil fuels yeah. than your. So I'm like, so again, yeah, that's like where you're getting your primary energy from. Right. And that guy's pretty much. Well, yeah, that's not, doing what <laughs> like that's totally well, we're just not there yet right like the grid at least yeah, in the states yeah. like it's not i want it to work and i think yeah like i think everyone should like run little diesel motors is what we should run because it's less refined and it's better than these i don't know everyone drives a v8 in the states it's stupid but i don't know like why aren't we just driving three-cylinder diesel civics around and getting 70 miles to the gallon I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't, I don't, know. That's a <laughs> I don't want to say anything that might be wrong. So. No, no, no. I will. I'll spit nothing but like <laughs> I just these are all my opinions. And if you don't if yeah. you want to argue with me, I have a platform and I will invite anyone on to argue with me because I want to be wrong. I do. Mm -hmm. Like I want I love skiing. I don't want the world to melt. I think it is melting. Are we part of that? Sure Probably. It like it, we sure are. Right. Like <laughs> great. But yeah. I don't think me driving a $80,000 Ford electric vehicle that gets 150 mile range is going to solve the world's problems until they make that vehicle cleanly and the power that's charging it is clean and so they need to fix their problems before they pawn them off on us that is my rant <laughs> I want the world to be better I swear I promise I love the earth okay also, this podcast is fully solar, clean energy power. <laughs> I just have to throw that in the end of every statement <laughs> that I do when I talk trash. Um, you're in a skiing wedding commercial. 
that. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, that was <laughs> that was <laughs> I can't believe you found that. Where is that? Is that on that same site? I am a models? professional <laughs> podcast host. Um, yeah, that was just like a modeling thing. That was just straight up like uh the Vancouver Club, which um is where all the really rich people go to do rich people shit. It was just like an ad for them showing that that's something they could do. And so I'm the model in it. And don't ever try to ski tour with a wedding dress on. It doesn't work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it just it gets stuck under your skin. It doesn't seem but Yeah, that was like fun. the closest I ever got to being in a wed- wedding situation and probably the closest I'll ever be <laughs> to yeah. being married. I have no idea. Yeah, we can't yeah. predict. We can't predict the future. We don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any. Like, what is your? What are you binge watching right now? Everyone's got like a guilty, like trash TV show. Um. Right now, I'm actually not watching that trash of a TV show. It's called um, His Dark Materials. It's on Craver HBO. It's based off the Golden Compass series. No idea. Should I know what and that then before is? that, but and then before that, I was watching 1899, and that was really good. Okay, that was super good. Yeah, there's no trash in there, like you don't have like no, but usually, yeah, usually, like I mean, Rick and Morty's not that trashy, but Rick and Morty's like my like that's like your cartoon. guilty pleasure, <laughs> yeah, hidden talent. Um, I can touch my nose with my tongue, good. I can speak French. Two great hidden talents. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite podcast you've ever been on? Never. Just this one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll delete that for myself. That's pathetic. Um, anyone you want, this is it. This is it. You've reached the end. You've done it. You've successfully done your first podcast. Uh, when we cool. get off the air, you can tell me it was terrible if you want, and then no one will ever hear it. Um, people to thank, and like what you know, sponsors to thank. This is kind of your outro there, and then, mm-hmm. and I'll ask it again if you need me to. Where can people follow you? Throwing a lot at you, <laughs> and what can we expect next from you? Um. Okay, which which one? That's first? this is on you. Let's do sponsors. <laughs> sponsors to thank, people to thank that got you here. That like, right? It well, could be none. Of it's up to you. I would love like Black Crows. That I mean, they're like a family. I feel like a family now. Um, I never expected to have like this level of support, especially this early on. And it's cool that they saw the potential there. Um, obviously, everyone who was on the Wavy movie and Nikolai for being really kind the entire time. Um, and then my parents and all of my friends and family. Thank you <laughs> for supporting me. And yeah. Where can people follow you? Like, where is the easiest for people to say they love the movie, to maybe ask you a question? Do you answer your DMs if they're not creepy? Like, how involved are you on socials? Um, yeah, so I only have Instagram. I do not have TikTok. I actually just got Be Real. Don't know if I trust it yet. <laughs> um, I like will answer your private. messages as long as they're not creepy or um, dehumanizing me in any way, <laughs> like some of the YouTube comments on Wavy so far. Um, Are they on there? I didn't see them. Maybe they're deleted. 
I didn't read them all, uh, but I no, it's just like it's fine. It's totally fine. It's just like God forbid a girl goes on a ski trip, she gets she gets a little like sexualized sometimes, but that's okay. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not. <laughs> but that's a whole other like, podcast. I'm not trying. It's not like bothering me. It's more like it's just like of course. But um, yeah, I'll answer people's messages. I love hearing back from people. It's, makes me feel. I don't know. Feel good about the movie and stuff. I'm glad I'm inspiring people. quick note you're the grossest no offense but like you're stink you haven't showered yet and like people are still finding a way to sexualize it which is like insane <laughs> concept um fuck them to what can we expect are you filming this year are there things you can talk about is it all secretive still like right. what is your 22 23 look like here um i actually that's a really good question because i'm not entirely sure either. <laughs> um i was just told to be free for a certain amount of time with no details attached so um, oh, i love that i have a feeling so, yeah it's cool i mean i'm in school so it'd be nice to know but also it's like kind of cool to be surprised um yeah so i'm doing something not sure what Hopefully can we cool. say with who or no uh with black rose okay um yeah and then um i've got some project ideas that i haven't pitched yet that i would like to and um whether that's to black crows or any of the other people who support me that would be that yeah it'd be cool if i could do them if not otherwise we're just gonna keep skiing and having fun and then mountain bike season definitely already have some ideas for projects but again a little too early to pitch them so it's kind of a boring I know, answer. It's coming, it's coming quick. <laughs> it's more just like, I don't know either. <laughs> no, I like that. But also, like, yeah. it's not that boring. Like, you have, like, hey, be open this window. Like, that's, I like that answer. That's scary. But that's fun. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows, yeah. like, I think, and maybe I'm speaking for my listeners, but, like, you guys don't know. Like they think you got like everyone's just got it planned. Well, some, and like, some people know. Like I'm pretty sure Nikolai goes into the season fully. Like, well, he's his own producer, like, his I'm own ready filmer. To go. He's his, he's his, he's an anomaly. Like, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, you know, not everyone has their whole winter mapped out. I talked to mm -hmm. someone this morning, and they're like, I don't know. I think I'm going to Whistler for a week, and then we're gonna film there, and then I might go film with yeah. TGR, and then I want to yeah. do a personal pro like. We'll see what happens. It might not snow yeah. and then I won't do anything. Like Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I I feel like I have like some creatives that have been reaching out. So it's like really cool that I have the time and the availability for them because I, I do really enjoy just kind of thinking on the more creative side with some people if even if it's not like a sponsored thing. Um and the sponsor pick it up, that's cool. But um yeah. Otherwise, no plans yet. Just empty, empty promises. <laughs> empty promises and dates to block out. Yeah. Um, great. That was awesome. I think you crushed it. Um, I hope you enjoyed it a little bit. Very much. We'll see. So yeah. thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this has been really cool. 